Good morning, Bethany. You guys can stand up. We're going to read from Psalm 95 this morning. It says, Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. For the Lord is the great God and the great King above all gods. In his hand are all the deep places of the earth. It's very reassuring this morning in this time. Lord, we just thank you for your presence this morning. We thank you for the opportunity to come and praise and worship you, Lord, in your name. Amen.
never before your presence is an open door so come now lord like never together. We were going to have a cowbell this morning, and we just didn't, couldn't quite round one up. So you're going to have to help us out, all right? There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Would you be free from your burden of sin? There's power in the blood in the blood would you or evil a victory win there's wonderful power in the blood there is power power wonder-working power in the blood of the lamb there is power power wonder-working power in the precious blood of the lamb would you be wider much wider than snow there's power in the blood Power in the blood, sin stains are lost in this life-giving flow. There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Would you do service for Jesus, your King? There's power in the blood. Power in the blood, would you live daily his praises to sing? There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Are you one in the blood? In the soul and the blood of the Lamb Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you fully trusting in His grace this hour? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood? In the soul cleansing blood of the Lamb Are your garments spotless? Are they white 
Satan fall like lightning You recall that I just can't get over My name is registered in heaven And I believe in signs and wonders Yes, I have resurrection power Yes, I do Still the miracle that I just can't get over My name is registered in heaven And my praise belongs to you forever This is my testimony from death to life This grace rewrote my story, I'll testify My Jesus Christ the righteous, I'm justified this is my testimony, this is my testimony Come together sons and daughters Bond with blood and washed in water Sing the praises of the Spirit, Son and Father Our God will finish what He started Oh yes, our God will finish what He started This is my testimony from death to life This Christ rewrote my story, I'll testify By Jesus Christ the righteous I'm justified. This is my testimony. This is my testimony. Oh, 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 oh. You're not there, then you're not done. Greater things still to come. Oh, I believe. If I'm, I'm not, not there, then you're not done. done. Things still to come. 
Oh, I believe if, if I'm, I'm not, not dead, then you're, you're not done. done. You're not done, no, you're not. Greater things, things still come. Oh, I believe if, if I'm, I'm not dead, then you're not done. Oh, greater things are still to come. This is my testimony from death to life. Cause grace rewrote my story, I'll testify. By Jesus Christ the righteous, I'm justified. This is my testimony, oh I'm alive. This is my testimony from death to life. Grace rewrote my story, I'll testify. By Jesus Christ the righteous, I'm justified. This is my testimony, this is my testimony. Oh, 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 oh. If I'm not dead, if I'm not dead, then you're not done. Greater things still to come. Oh, I believe if I'm not dead, then you're not done. Greater things still to come. Oh, I believe if I'm not dead, then you're not done. You're not done, no, you're not. Greater things still to come. Oh, I believe if I'm not dead, then you're not done. No, greater things still to come. This is my testimony from death to life. Cause grace rewrote my story. I'll testify. By Jesus Christ the righteous, I'm justified. This is my testimony. Oh, I'm alive. This is my testimony from death to life. Cause grace rewrote my story. I'll testify. My Jesus Christ the righteous. I'm justified. This is my testimony. This is my testimony. Oh, 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 Thank you, Jesus.
never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. See that church? You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let. You are good. You are good. You're good. situations you're facing and sometimes you go through pain in difficult places but he does it because he wants to be a father in your life and I just I just couldn't help but think about this man how he he, he wants to know you how many you want to grow deeper in your relationship with God man he's so so good 
And it's good to draw near to him. So, Lord, I pray over every person in this place, God, those listening, those that are here this morning, God, I pray that you draw us closer and deeper. I pray that we get to know you in a new way and a new light. Lord, I pray that we wouldn't be satisfied with status quo. I pray we wouldn't want to be outer court Christians. We want to go in the inner court and the holy of holies and the holiest place. God, I pray that you would step in and do things in our lives that might rattle us and shake us, but it's all because you want to know us and we want to know you and you're drawing us closer to you. And Father, we just thank you for the drawing and the leading of the Holy Spirit because we're not satisfied with what we have. God, we want to know you in our innermost being. Like Paul, we want to count everything's rubbish except the knowledge of God. Lord, I pray that you take us deeper personally, corporately, in every way of our lives. God, we want to surrender and submit ourselves totally under your plate, under your feet, Lord. I pray that in this house, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for an increased hunger among us, Jesus. As we let go, we receive what you have for us. For blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, they shall be filled. Thank you, Jesus. Man, I, I just don't feel done yet. Will, you, will we just take a moment? Let's just lift up our hands. Let's just worship the Lord and ask Him to draw you deeper. Ask Him to pull you out of lethargy and lukewarmness. Say, Lord, I want to give you my life. I want to pursue you. I want to go after you. I want to know you. I'm not satisfied to stay here. Father, do something in my life. Great. Make that your cry. Make it your prayer today. Lord, do it. Invade my life, Lord. You're good. Oh, you are good. You're so good, Lord. You're good. Oh, come in my life. Fresh, You're good. God, you are good. Oh, you are good. You're good. Oh, you're never gonna let me down. Oh yes. You're never gonna let. You're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let. You're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let. You're never gonna let me down. Cause you are good. You're good. Oh, you are good. You're good. Good. Oh. And I, I'm just telling you, I feel the Holy Spirit drawing people to get closer to Him. This is not an hour to just play church. It's not an hour to go about your lives. We, we are in a moment in time here which is so unique. The Bible says the prophets would love to live during this time. And I just sense by the Holy Spirit, God wants to draw His people closer. I, I think this last part of the year, God's going to draw you closer to Him than you've ever had. There's going to be a stirring in your heart. For the Lord to reach out, holy, I've already seen it start to happen in people, but I'm telling you, the hour's late, we got to be ready, church, amen? Amen. Great to be in the house this morning, turn around, say hello to someone, welcome out to the house of God, good to have you here today.
Good Morning Bethany. So glad you could make it out today. Do you like free stuff? Is it your first time here? Grab a connection card from the chair in front of you, fill it out, and take it to Guest Central for free stuff. Hope to connect with you soon. Hi, Bethany family. Just a reminder that our offering boxes are located at the back of the church, or you can give online at bethanybillings.com. Luke 21.4 For they all contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. Remember, you can't outgive God. Hello. This is the narrator telling you that there's a Sunday fun day for the back to school Sunday fun day, August 28th, right after service. We have a food truck. We have ice cream. We have a rock climbing wall. We have axe throwing. This will be lots of family fun. Also, bring the non-perishable snacks. For the Canyon Creek School Drive, the Snack Drive, the Back to School Snack Pack Drive. Bring it over, August 28th. Starting on Tuesday, August 30th, we're going to be holding a three-day church-wide fast. This is a time where we, as the body of believers, come together for the common purpose of seeking God's hand to intervene in our nation, our church, and our lives. We will be meeting each day at 6.30 p.m. in the church to join our hearts and prayers into a Did it freeze? Are we having technical difficulties? Looks like we are. All right. The next slide we're supposed to have is that uh, pump popular demand. I have my friend Ted Shuttles re re returning. You got a slide up there for that one or not? Nope. Well, my boy Ted's coming back. I said this, what America needs most is a, move, a fresh move of the Holy Ghost. So he's going to be here Friday night, Saturday night, and twice on Sunday. And that's going to take place uh, September 9, 10, and 11. And I'm always refreshed when I'm hanging out with my boy, uh, Ted. He's been such a blessing to us. I, I do expect God to move in unique and fresh ways. I know many of you have been blessed by that. So please make plans to join us. Um, we're going to have a great time uh, seeking the Lord, and I know he'll touch people. So, All right, if you have your Bibles, we're in the book of Nehemiah, chapter 9. Nehemiah, chapter 9. I'm kicking off uh, a new series, something that's just been stirring richly in my spirit, and, and that has to do with the dove awards. So, you know, the dove is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And if, you know, when I think about him in the Bible, he appears in the form of wind and fire and water and oil. And, and one of the ways that he appears is through the person of the dove. And I'm going to just take some time studying some of his nature and attributes. Now, I love the Holy Spirit. I don't know that you can ever learn enough about the Holy Spirit, how he works, what he does in your life. So I want to read Nehemiah 9, and I'm going to start in verse number 19, no, excuse me, verse number 20, and I want to read down to verse 21. Uh, here, here's the text I want to provide, Nehemiah 9, verse 20. He said, you also gave your good spirit to instruct them and did not withhold your manna from their mouth and gave them water for their thirst. Forty years you sustained them in the wilderness, and they lacked nothing. Their clothes did not wear out, and their feet did not swell. Let's pray. Lord, this morning we just thank you for the Holy Spirit, alive, well, burning on the inside of us. And we say, Lord, we ask that you teach us your ways. I ask that we'd have hearts 
that are open, eyes to see, ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to his church this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. Uh, you know, I was thinking about several years back, Elizabeth and I were on a home search. And up until that time, you know, we had kind of been living with my, my grandma, my mother. We were saving up some money, paying off school bills. And so we were looking for a home. I used to drive around this neighborhood that I now live in. And I would drive around it and I would just pray, God, I want to be in that neighborhood. I, I'd, you know, look at it and pray. And it felt so out of, like I couldn't ever reach it. And then one day the time came uh, when we were able to buy a home. So I, I bought a house out there with the one that I'd always wanted. And I remember one fall day about 2014, I went for a walk. And behind my house in the neighborhood, there's like a, a park system. And I was out walking in there and it was just like I had God's presence hit me in such a unique way. It was so fresh, so stirring, something that blessed me so much just to walk around and feel like his hand was with me. And I had this divine sense that God had blessing headed for my life. I mean, on that walk, I just perceived that there was good things coming into my life. And, you know, we ended up moving just a few blocks away to a new house. We just got that one remodeled so we have enough room for our children in the basement. Glory to God. And you know, God is good. That's what we sang about this morning. He's so, so good, man. And that's what this verse says. Nehemiah 9 and verse 20. He said, you gave your good spirit to instruct them. Someone say a good spirit. This is what I have learned about God, man. The Holy Spirit is a good spirit. He is a good, good father. The Holy Spirit is a good spirit. He's someone who loves you, cares about you. And when we say good, what that means is that there's some outstanding qualities to him. There's things that he does that are beneficial to your life. His activity, his presence, his interactions with you are incredibly beneficial. Uh, that's what the psalmist said, Psalm 143. He wrote about the goodness of God. Your spirit is good over and over. You see in the scriptures how good God was. What Nehemiah is doing right here is trying to encourage the children of Israel. He's working on a project to rebuild the walls around Jerusalem, which had fallen down, and he's drawn back upon their history. He's saying, hey, remember how God brought us out of Egypt, out of, out of bondage? Man, that's something so good about God. He brought us out of the bondage of sin, and he wants to bring us into a place of righteousness and walking with him. That's a good thing. It's good to have that. He, he's so good that he delivered them from that place. He, he's good that he provided for them in the wilderness. He read the verse right here. Their shoes didn't wear out. They were able to have food and water, and everywhere they went, they, God provided for them and took care of them, and he was able to provide for his people. I mean, that's the characteristics and attributes of a good father, of a good spirit working in their life. His activity was to bless them. One of the ways that he blessed them was when he called them the children of Israel. And he put them in tribes and families, and, and they all became part of the family of God. And there's something wonderful, unique, and significant that's a blessing about relationships and how they bless you in your life. And as I was going through my you know, time of prayer this week, as I was studying and just praying and waiting on the Lord, I just felt prompted to teach a little bit this morning about how the Holy Spirit helps you in your relationships. I mean, he, he has a marvelous way of working with you. Uh, helping you, growing in you. Uh, I know he's helped me in my relationship. He's helped me in my marriage. You know, marriage today in America is like in a crisis moment, man. There's, it, it, it's like you, you look around and so many people have such pain associated with marriage. The same thing with relationships in life. It's like we have a 
society today where a lot of people just do not have the tools or know what it means to navigate through relationships, how to make them work. Nehemiah had to figure that out. Because here's Nehemiah. He has to have a relationship with the king. He was the king's cupbearer. He was sent out to rebuild the walls. Uh, He became one of the leaders. He was the governor there for a season. He had to work with the Jewish people. He had to work with Cyrus and the Persians. He also had to combat people that came against him, people who tried to oppose him. So he knew something about relationships, and he's drawing back upon their history, the children of Israel, as they came out of Egypt into the Promised Land, and he's reminding them. So I want to highlight a few things about the Holy Spirit and the way he works in your life. Verse 20, he said, let's read verse number 19. He said, in your manifold mercies, you did not forsake them in the wilderness. The pillar of the cloud did not depart from them by day to lead them on the road, nor the pillar of fire by night to show them light and the way they should go. And he said in verse 20, you gave your good spirit to instruct them. You want to know where the goodness of God helps you out so much in your life? Is that he's able to instruct you. He brings instruction into your life. He can instruct you. He teaches us so that we're able to understand. That's what instruction is. It's God's ability to teach you something. That's what Jesus said in John 14. He, He said when the Holy Spirit would come, he would teach you everything, he would guide you into truth, and he would show you things to come. I mean, he, he, he is an extraordinary teacher. And, and that's what the Holy Spirit is. He's not just a good teacher, he's a great teacher. He's able to walk with you and guide you through things. I was thinking back about my favorite teacher of all time, my first grade teacher, Mrs. Hayes. I love Mrs. Hayes. I think I liked her so much because when I was in the first grade, I was a big football fan. I was a Broncos fan. They lost the Super Bowl that year, and I was one of three people in the classroom who were Broncos fans. It was me and Mrs. Hayes and some other kid, and she comforted me when I was sad. <laughs> I love Miss Hayes, man. We <laughs> I have great memories. I ran into her at the hospital when we were having one of our children, and I got to tell her that story. You know, I, I was so grateful <laughs> you know, to have that happen. He instructs us, the Holy Spirit does. Now, he, he has a number of different ways that he can teach you through things, with, with relationship. One of the ways is, is through some of the trials that you go through. Now, Israel's in the wilderness, right? That's a long, dry season they went through. It's difficult to go through that. And I have found from experience that sometimes when I go through difficult or dry seasons in life, actually what's happening is that God is working something out in me. And I think one of the greatest lessons I have recently learned, this is you know from my time a few years ago, I have this tendency where I love people so much, sometimes I hold on to people so tightly that it takes away from me holding on to God. And I've had to learn how to hold on to the Lord tighter and closer than I do with people. And it came through trial. It came through friction. It came through difficult seasons. And if you can ever learn how to just stay close to God and walk with Him, and He'll be right there with you, in wilderness moments, it's like, man, you can become a better friend, a better parent, a better pastor, because you're close to the Lord. That, that was a relational tool that helped me. I don't have to depend on people. I can depend on the Lord. He's right there with me. I had to walk through that. You know, he's recanting here how they went through the wilderness in dry seasons. And we read about a pillar of fire by night, a cloud by day. That represents the leading of the Holy Spirit. In the New Testament, 
you know, we've got this internal indwelling from the Holy Spirit where he prompts you and he leads you in, in things so that you can follow the peace of God. You can follow that cloud. You can follow the comfort of the Holy Spirit, the, the, the goodness of God. He'll lead you places. That's actually the reason I married Elizabeth. I went up to Canada. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie. I was getting a little bit of cold feet. And then I realized, I don't know that I could find anyone I could be happier with than Elizabeth. <laughs> She's pretty nice. And I just thought to myself, man, she is such a sweet, sweet person. I, I feel like, boy, if I can't be happy with her, who could I be happy with? And that was the Holy Spirit just leading me in that situation. I'm so grateful for that. You know, David said in Psalm 16 that he instructs us in the night seasons. And if you've ever had that moment, maybe like when you're kind of awake at night and you, you might be alone and you, you're there with your thoughts, you might have, you know, things run through your mind. That's where you're very open to things. That's where suggestions might come into you or, or you know, truth in situations, insights, and you can be honest in those moments. And I've had the Lord give me answers to things, problems I was faced with just in night seasons. He said he instructs you in night seasons. Maybe that's a dream that you might have. God has shown up to me, as you know, many times, and he's, he's given me dreams about people, what to do in situations. I remember one time when I was a student at Aurora Roberts University, and I was trying to figure out if I should ask someone on a date. And I had a dream where the, 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 the person just didn't work out. It wasn't something I should do. I'm so grateful that I followed that because I did find the right one. <laughs> and that's the leading of the Holy Spirit, man. He, he's there to instruct you and teach you. And in case you didn't know it, one of the great ways the Holy Spirit speaks to you is through the voice of other people in your life, other relationships in your life. And I've had some great conversations with people, and I've perceived that it was like the Holy Spirit was speaking through them. Mom would be so good, it's hard for you to listen to the voice of your mom, especially when you're younger. But I, I, my mom would be so good at saying, hey, I don't think this is a good relationship for you, all the way back in high school. And the benefit of time is that you can look back and realize, you know what, that's a true statement she just said. I appreciate that. That was the voice of the Lord speaking that in my life. Maybe it's, you know, the voice of brother-in-law's which I happen to have extensive experience with. And I'm sure grateful for people who can speak to you honestly, openly, because you know what? They can provide problem solving. They can speak into things that maybe you weren't aware of, situations you didn't know about. How good is it to have people that will speak into your life in truthful ways? You know, I, I think about the voice of overseeing pastors that I have to affirm, to correct, to maybe see things that are blind spots in my life. And that one voice, that can be the Spirit of the Lord speaking to you. One of the common ways he speaks to me is through my wife. And I've had to learn to follow sometimes the intuition she might have with people. It's been very helpful to have someone who loves the Lord, stays close with him. And when she says something, it's like, man, that makes sense to me. And very often it's the voice of the Lord in my life. That's how instruction can come to you. He will teach you in relationships by your spirit, by a spirit. On the inside of you, he'll lead you. He might do with trials. He might do with the voices of people, but he's able to teach you on how you can handle relational life. He's intimately involved in, in our conversation. Now, let me give you a second thought. I'm down in verse number 30. And again, Nehemiah, he's just reminding them of everything that they went through. So he said in verse 30 that for many years, you had patience with Israel. I'm going to stop right there. You know how the Holy Spirit helps you in a relationship is he provides patience for you. 
Someone say patience. Many, many years he had patience. In other words, he bore with them. Uh, he tolerated their foolishness. I like how the New Testament says in the book of Romans, chapter 15, that he's the God of patience. He's the God of patience. He's a God of comfort. I'm so glad that he is, man. I, I mean, his patience is probably one of the most overlooked attributes of who he is. I'm not going to lie to you, though. I think patience is probably my least favorite fruit of the Spirit, just how I feel about it. And people in today's world are really not patient. Like, we as humans really aren't wired that way. That's why God has to work that fruit in us. You get impatient when you are at the drive-thru at Taco Bell. You know what I'm talking about. You get mad because you're hangry and, and someone up there is working. It takes forever to get through and you're, you know, people get impatient. I, I was watching a guy drive down the front road last week. And I'm driving my Suburban, all right? So we, we have, uh, gas is expensive and Suburbans, you know, take a lot of them. So I drive slow now. I'm not, the, I'm not the fast person I used to be. I'm trying to just take that thing slowly. It's a big lumbering machine. And so I'm, I'm driving quietly. Some guy zips around me. And then I'm watching, he's up behind a semi, and, and he's moving fast, and he tries to pass the guy. He didn't see that there was two cars headed for him, and two cars have to veer over on the side of the road while he goes around it. And then right ahead of him, there was four more cars and another semi. And I'm thinking, if that isn't a picture of people's patience. I mean, you've seen people do that. They get so impatient, you're wondering what is going on. But patience is the way that God likes to work in relationship. He loves to work. It says he was patient with them for many, many years. No, the Holy Spirit is patient with you and me. I'm sure grateful that he is. As, again, this is how you learn patience in difficult things, patience in trials, patience in the wilderness. And what happens with God is that, you know, he, he's right there. He's, he's working in your life. And I've found that as I increase in patience, what I increase in is my expectation that God is going to do something. The more patient I am, the more expectant I become that his intervention is at hand. And I'm telling you, this is where a lot of people ruin relationships because they just don't know how to let God be God and be patient in moments. I remember when we were at the NICU, the neonatal intensive care unit, 40 days with my son Titus, and we were quite impatient for the first number of days. And as that thing seemed like it went on forever and forever, I did notice that my peace grew, my patience grew, my expectation that this would come to an end. And I remember leaving there on such great terms with the people who were working there. And I remember the support unit we had. It was like, man, that, that patience, that not getting angry, that not getting short with people, it goes a long way in your witness and your ability to connect with people. Yeah. We got to have patience in, in the way we relate with people. And God has this remarkable way of helping you be patient with people, which is not fun, is it? You know, people give you all kinds of reasons not to be patient with them. I was at Costco last week, and I'm walking out with just some macaroni and cheese because that's a staple of my children's diet. So we're coming out there, and there was like a, a person, an old person, who was in like a cart. And I think that's probably the slowest I've seen anyone moving on a cart at Costco. But, you know, I was in a pretty good mood. I was just thinking about how the Lord had been so good to me, and and I really wasn't even thinking about it. Well, that person moved out of the way. And when I went up to the cashier to have them check out Costco where they checked the receipt, the lady was like, man, could that guy have gone any slower? And I found myself reminding her that the Bible says that we should honor the elderly. And so I, I'm just patient with people like that, you know? You can be patient with the elderly. 
you could, that, that's an honorable thing. That, that, that's one way we're... And I found if you'll honor people and be patient with them, man, it will go well with you. You, know, you also not have to be patient with the elderly, but also with your children, the young ones. It is fun to come home and be a superhero. I mean, they jump around at me. Dad, they're excited to see me. I mean, how wonderful is that? But sometimes it feels suffocated in children. Your hands and in front of the TV and jumping all over you and on the couch. It's like you have no room to breathe. You're almost suffocated in children. And that is where patience really helps you. I'm so grateful that I'm older when we had children because it, it, patience helps you weather frustrating moments. You don't have to get angry at them. You, you, know, you, might, you might have to say, hey, simmer down. But and patience helps you. Patience helps you when you're dealing with people that you feel like are knuckleheads, people you feel like you can't get through to. You know, one thing that I, I discovered this week in dealing with people who maybe have had addictive behavior is if you can look beyond your frustrations of people, you can see the potential of a person. And sometimes some of the most uh, amazing people struggle with addiction behavior or problems. And learning how to be patient, learning how to see God move in their life, learning how to wait and walk and hold someone's hand, man, it can go such a long way in their life. And in the same way that Israel was in the wilderness going in the cycles of life, the Lord was patient with them. He's patient with me. He's patient with you. He'll walk you through things to help you navigate relationship, work with people. I'm so grateful for his hand of patience. Are you grateful for the goodness of God, his patience in your life? I like what Ecclesiastes 7 says. It says the end of a thing is better than the beginning of a thing, which means that when you wait on God, sometimes there's a lot of wisdom in that. There can be wisdom in just waiting and having God work situations out, having him in his hand intervene and move, and it comes when you're patient, not when you're trying to force your will or your situation. God just let Israel take care of themselves. They, they went around and around the wilderness, and it wasn't until they, they really fully learned to submit and trust him that they went into the promised land. I'm telling you, that's why some people never enter into breakthroughs and blessings, is because they don't know what it means to be patient and wait on the Lord. That's where he renews strength and steps into your life. So he provides patience in your life when it comes to dealing with people and situations. And I'm so grateful he does that. He, he, this is his pattern. Now, let, let, let's keep reading this 30th verse. He said, for many years, many years, 40 years, you had patience with them. And then it says that he testified against them. By your spirit, he said, in the prophets. But they would not listen, and therefore you gave them into the hands of the people of the land. Now, let me give you one of the ways that God really helps you in relationship. The Holy Spirit really works here, is that He warns us. It testified against them. He, it was a witness that they had from the prophets that spoke to them. He warns us. He admonishes us. He's He's like giving us advance notice, perhaps, in certain situations in life. In the Old Testament, uh, He spoke to them through the prophets, and the Bible says that they would rise early which means that they were engaged. God was really trying to get the point across to kings and peoples and leaders and authority. He's really working to try to say, hey, don't do this, turn this direction. In the New Testament, God deals with us directly through the Holy Spirit. It's that internal abiding presence of God that, as we said, leads you and guides you. And this is also the same way that he brings warning into your life, warning or correction. You know, I've had the Holy Spirit on numerous occasions warn me about people or about relationships. 
I'm going to step out on a limb and bet that that's exactly what God has done for you in situations as well. Warnings, premonitions, like don't, don't there might be something in your heart where you, you've got to check, you've got to, I don't know if I should do that. Or, and, and what it is, is it's the Holy Spirit and he's weeping us, he's helping us, he's, he, he, he knows what it is to uh, help people in situations. So if you're going to listen to a warning, you're going to have to be sensitive. You're going to have to really heed it. And I feel like, man, a lot of people in the busy culture that we're in are moving so fast and going through life because you're working so hard or you're running along. And, and it's like, man, you may not listen to a voice of warning. You might not heed it properly. Yeah. You know, he, he's able to warn us. Here it says it was his spirit that warned him. You know, if you're going to heed a warning, what it requires is people skills. That's what I would call it. That's the ability to read people. Maybe discernment is a great word to look at it. And if you could ever learn to discern situations through the lens of God's love, I'm telling you, you could really understand what's taking place in people's hearts. You, you, could, you could see the reactions. And, and if you can see people through the love of God, you can really navigate relationships properly. You, you don't have to get sidetracked and frustrated with people. Uh, I'm sure grateful for his love and his spirit in my life. It's given me a platform to see truth, see beyond the pain of a person in their situation. And that just requires a little discernment. He, he'll speak to you and, and he'll give you warnings. Uh, it requires sometimes a little bit of self-reflection, though. I watch people who don't listen to warnings, and then they wonder, how did I get in this situation? Why am I in this situation? God was trying to tell Israel that the whole time. By his prophets rising early, if you'll stop the idolatry, if you'll honor the Sabbath, if you'll take care of widows and orphans and, and, and return to me, I'll, I'll take care of you. And a lot of times people just lack the self-reflection to understand, how did I get in this situation? Why am I here? And then they might repeat a cycle over and over and over again. And, and that's, that's where you want to have that ability to be honest, take a look at yourself, take inventory of your heart, listen to a warning. Because I've watched people who, it, they can't say no, even when a warning is there. That's, I've seen people end up with sexually transmitted diseases, where they get pregnant outside of wedlock, or they go bankrupt because they're doing things with people they shouldn't have done. I've personally seen this. I, I've experienced my own failures on things because I didn't heed a warning. I wasn't really reflective enough about something. So you got to be discerning, but you also have to be reflective in your life. That's a warning from the Holy Spirit. He warned them over and over and over again. Warnings from the Holy Spirit require an action plan. And sometimes the best plan is simply silence in the situation. Man, I have seen that over and over. When, when God might warn you about something, rather than overreact, the, the thing to do might be just be to be quiet let it play out. You don't have to jump in and try to fix it. You can let, let him work it. Other times it requires an exit strategy, a, a way to get out of the situation. You might have to actually separate yourself, and I've had to do that as well. I, I've had influences. It's not like ungodly things, but I've had maybe voices from people that like, I, I let get too deep in my heart, and I had to find a way to take a step back or separate myself from situations. And that's what happens when you receive warnings. I mean, 
This is how it works with the Holy Spirit. He's in your life right there to help you evaluate, take inventory, make good decisions. He wants you to be wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. Speaking about being harmless as a dove, let me give you one last thought here in verse 31. He said, nevertheless, in your great mercy, someone say great mercy, he who did not utterly consume them or forsake them, because he said you're gracious and merciful. Now, I think this is one of the great ways that God helps his people, is that he is firm with us, but he's gentle. Firm and gentle. And this is something that I just love about the beautiful nature of God, the beautiful characteristics of the Holy Spirit, a huge part of who he is. We're talking here about the third person of the Trinity, the triune being of God, the Holy Spirit. And a triangle, his triune nature, is like the strongest shape in nature. It's, it's, it's something that cannot be pushed or knocked over. And that's how God chose to reveal himself here, in, in, in a triune way, in a balanced way. And I had to laugh when I read the uh, New King James Version here, because it says that he did not utterly consume them. <laughs> I, I laughed at that. He didn't just wipe them off the map. What God did was he chose to choose the sandwich approach when he was talking with Israel. You know what the sandwich approach is to confrontation? You butter someone up with a nice piece of bread and butter. You tell them how wonderful they are. And that's what he did here. He said he's gentle. And then he gave them over their consequences. He didn't utterly consume them. And then he reminds us again that he's God, gracious and merciful. He get that other piece of bread back on there. And that's how he packaged his rebuke to them. He said, I'm gentle but consequences will happen, but I still love you. In other words, he's firm, but he's gentle. This is something I love about God, man. You know, the thing about consequences is they shape your character, but, but grace shapes your gratitude. Consequences shape character, but grace shapes the gratitude of a person. Consequences might cause pain, and pain has this unique way of helping us grow, helping us learn, helping form character. And I'm grateful for his grace, which helps us appreciate how he handles us. This is, this is the way that God does it. He's firm, but he's gentle. He'll, he'll, he'll give you over to consequences that you have, but he'll also work grace in your life. And how good is it for the grace of God? And I'm grateful. Yeah, he, he said it was your great mercy. And, and he's a gracious and merciful God. You know, he'll give you over to a consequence, to the effects of sin. And the thing about sin is that it's a weight that will wear you down. And I watch people when they live in sin, and it's like you can see even the look on their face that's just driving them, and they're uncomfortable. There's, the thing about sin is it's pleasurable for a season, but after a while, it wears you out. So God will give you over to that. He'll let people live in sin and it will go on so long until it pushes them over to the cross. And that's where his grace kicks in. And I love that about him. He's firm with that, but he's gentle. He's gentle enough, as said in the book of Romans, that where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. And this is exactly how the Holy Spirit works in our life, man. It's the spirit of grace. The Holy Spirit is a gentle spirit. You know, the dove is a gentle animal. It's a gentle bird. That's why he chose to reveal himself that way. Because there's something gentle about his work, his loving correction, his ability to say, I know you're beaten up and, and you've been through a problem, but I'm right here to save you. That, that's the gentle work of the Holy Spirit. 
over and over again, how grateful am I for his work like that in my life? And the way that we respond to his work in our life, I have found, is the way that God will respond back to us. I mean, if, if you take it, if you take consequences in his firmness and you get proud about it and a heart that's hard, then, then the law will be extended, just like with the Pharisees. Remember, they didn't want to be corrected. They thought that they were totally right in what they'd done. And what Jesus did was responded with the law. But if your heart is broken and you receive correction and appreciate grace, grace gets extended to you like the Syrophoenician woman had. He'll give law to proud people, but he'll give grace to those that are humble. Man, I'm so grateful for the way that God deals with us. I'm so grateful for his firmness, but his gentleness. And this is the same thing that happens in our relationships with people. There's moments in time when you're going to have to be firm in a relationship and find also a way to be gentle in relationships. The firmness and gentleness, it really is the work of the Holy Spirit to help you. Because I'll tell you what, I, I've seen this play out with people. I mean, whether it's something like a doctrinal difference. I, I had a friend this week I was talking to, and I have a different doctrine that he teaches. We, we are on different pages doctrinally. But I can be firm about that, but I can still be gentle and love people. It doesn't have to come between my fellowship with them. I mean, it's just an opinion difference. So the yeah, same thing happens with politics. You know, people get crazy about politics. Did you all know that? <laughs> It's like we've lost the ability to just disagree. So I can be firm, like I'm not moving on some of my positions, but I can be gentle and listen to someone and talk to them and hear their heart. doesn't mean I have to gravitate that way. It just means that I can have firmness and gentleness. It's the same thing with lifestyles that people are faced with. I can be firm. I don't want to live that way. I want to live for the Lord. I'm not going to be sidetracked or affected but I can be gentle. This happened to me in Kansas City one time. I was um, working as a waiter at a restaurant, and I had a younger man approach me, and he asked me on a date. Yeah, I told him that was flattering. <laughs> but I said, you know, I don't really roll that way, so. I said, uh, I said by the way, because he knew I was like praying to be in the ministry. I said, you know, being gay is not going to send you to hell. And he said, really? Tell me more. <laughs> I said, people go to hell because they never accept Jesus as their Savior and make him Lord in their life. It, I, I said, in the eyes of God, there's really not much difference between the sin that, that and other people's sin. You know, lying, cheating, stealing, gossip and slander. And he looked at me and he said, you know, I'm a Baptist kid. And he said, that might be one of the best answers I've ever heard. <laughs> I was firm. Well, I don't want to go on a date with the guy. But I was gentle. Told him it was flattering. Don't have to. You can be firm and you can be gentle. Man, that helps you in relationships. It helps you grow. It helps you. It's the same thing raising children, man. We, we got to be firm in the home. We got to have some rules, but we have to find a way to befriend them and make relationships happen. That's where some people miss it. They get so caught up with rules, they forget about relationship. It's firmness and gentleness. Man, this is, this is just how... The Holy Spirit helps you walk through relationships with people. And if you learn his ways and you, you learn how good he is, then, then, man, you can learn to love the dove in your life. You can learn to have the Holy Spirit work there all the time. And I'm reminded of what David said. He said, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. 
And, and that's what happens with a lot of people. You, I'm telling you, he's good. And he wants to help us grow in our relationship. And so in the next couple of weeks here, I'm just going to be addressing how the Holy Spirit helps you, how the dove is in your life, how he works with you. How, how good is he? Now, maybe this morning you realize that uh, you need some help in, in dealing with people and situations. Maybe you need instruction from the Lord. Maybe you didn't come from a, a, a great family background and you didn't know how to interact with people and, and, and connect with them or how to even confront situations. I mean, Nehemiah had to confront people as he was building that wall. He had to get things done and it was challenging, but the Lord helped him. Maybe you need instruction in life. What, what do I need to do? How can I grow? How can I be a, a better leader? How can I be a better father? How can I be a better friend? And that is the work of the that's his instruction. That's him speaking to you. Maybe it's uh, the patience that God has to work. How I many of you all need patience in your life? And I feel like he's always working to get patience over to me. And I, I find people who, like, they don't even care about being patient. They're, they're, they justify their shortness and their impulsiveness and their rudeness. But that is not the work of the dove. The Holy Spirit, the gracious Spirit, he wants to work so that you can be patient with people. And in being patient with people, I'm telling you, you can be used by God and be a blessing in their life. You can see beyond a facade and you can see into the truth. I'm willing to bet someone here is in the middle of a moment where you might be warned about something. And he might be warning you about a direction you're going, about a friend you have, about a situation. And I want to urge you to listen to what the Lord is saying. That doesn't mean you, you know, always have to cut things off. It just might mean that you've got to have some wisdom. You've got to know what to do in the situation. Because I'm telling you, he wants to warn us. I have personally not listened to warnings from people like my wife. And it has cost me financially, cost me emotionally. I mean, I've been there. I'm trying to always listen for a warning when it comes. I'm listening for it. Or maybe it's the firmness of God, but finding a way to be gentle. That's what he does. He wants to work with you. Some people get so firm, they get so angry. And, and, and it, it just hair triggers. And they don't understand that you can be gentle with people. You can walk in love with them. I want to pray that. How many of you want your relationships to grow? Grow and grow and grow. I said at the beginning of the service this morning, I feel like God wants to take us in the last half of the year into a deeper place with him a deeper place. That doesn't mean you cut off people. A lot of times what happens is people are on that same journey with you, and what God is doing is growing your relationship with him and your relationship with somebody else. It's like in a marriage. I want to pray this. Father, in Jesus' name, I just thank you for growth in people's lives and relationships. Thank you for hearts and minds opening up. Father, I pray that we would learn to love people and love one another. God, that your patience and your gratitude, your grace would come upon us. Lord, I just thank you. Thank you that you're... Thank you that you're working. Thank you that you're alive. Lonnie and Marie, where are you at back there? Lonnie, will you stand up? Where's Maria? She, Marie, I want to pray for your children. I was just thinking about, um, you know, like they were raised in church, and I want to just have you guys stand over here. Will you reach a hand out? They, they want, to pray, want to pray for their children. I feel like the Lord, there's consequences coming. You mark my words, there are consequences coming. It's going to seem painful, but it's the mercy of God.
Because God loves your kids more than you did. You know that? And I'm telling you, he's not forgotten them. He hears your prayers and your cries. And he can turn any situation around. So I want to pray for the firmness and the gentleness of God over that home in Jesus' name. Lord, over children, ones that maybe are hurt and wounded. How many of y'all have children in that situation? I mean, I, I, I think half the people I know in the country are in this spot. And I'm telling you, God wants to do something great in a generation. So Father, in Jesus' name, over that home, I declare, Lord, a visitation. Lord, you're gonna, those prayers are not going to go in that generational blessing of your dad serving the Lord, Lonnie, and his dad. And I just pray, Lord, that it trickles down and hearts come open over those children in Jesus' name. In moments they didn't expect it in the middle of the night, in, in ways they could not comprehend it, but it will be the work of the Holy Spirit to turn them, draw them. And we declare that in the name of Jesus. I'm telling you, the Lord loves you, Lonnie, loves your home. In Jesus' name. Mm, mm. Mm, you know, pe people get too down on each other these days. <laughs> My buddy Eric was telling me, we were watching our friend Jonathan Shuttlesworth. And it's Ted's cousin. All right, I, lo I love Ted. Now, Jonathan was in Sturgis this last week. And he held a biker rally. And we almost went. He, he was getting people saved. I think he had 150-some salvations. Like, these are bikers. They didn't know what they were getting into, right? He had pictures of people with horns on their helmets and bras up there. Yeah. And, he, and people were getting healed. They, they got saved. They didn't know what to expect. They'd fall out in the Holy Spirit and stand up swearing, didn't know what hit them. <laughs> yeah. He said, he, he said that it's amazing to watch somebody when they get saved before they end up being ruined by churches. Yeah, because you know we get so judgmental. You can be firm, but you can be gracious. And the love of God, that's, that's how the Holy Spirit helps in relationship, I'm telling you. And he wants to do something in this nation because people are getting so desperate. You feel that? They're getting desperate for answers in the times we're living in. And Jesus is the answer for this land, amen? Mm. You know, I like what Romans 2 says. It's the goodness of God that leads us into salvation. His goodness leads us into repentance. If you've ever repented and had a change of mind, it's because of his goodness. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Maybe you need to have your heart and mind changed this morning. Maybe there's some things you've got to repent of. Hard heart, bitterness, you're not right with God, you backslid. Listen, man, I, I, I got a text message from a lady this morning. She was telling me some man that left our church because he didn't like our worship, all the while acting righteously, had been using meth and trying to sleep with prostitutes. This, this is how people sit in churches, man. They act like they're all righteous before the Lord, but God knows secrets of people's hearts. Maybe you got some secrets. Maybe there's some things you haven't been right with. Every head batter, if you want to get a change of mind, I want you to put a hand up. God's goodness is maybe leading you to repentance today. Yeah, I see that hand back there. I see that hand. Let's all just pray together. Say, say, Father God, come into my heart and mind. I ask you to help me, turn me from the course that I'm on, lead me into the path of righteousness. Do it by a work of the Holy Spirit. I ask, I give you that place in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Listen, you, you got to get yourself full of the word of God. He'll help you renew that mind. Let's all stand up today. Boy, it's been good to be in the house of the Lord. I do feel that the Lord wants to do something deeper, deeper, deeper in our, uh, in our church, in our hearts and minds. If you want prayer, to grow deeper 
If you want relationships to increase, I want to invite you to the front to pray. If you got to take off and get your kids, that's great, man. We love you. We bless you. We catch you all next week. Uh, I look forward. I look forward to what God is doing. But if you feel something stern in you, man, I got to go deeper with the Lord. I just want to invite you down here to pray with me because that's what my prayer is. So we love you all. We'll let you be dismissed. Great to see you. Come pray with me if you'd like. Come pray with our altar team if you want some ministry.